the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with the birthday boy, Damian Collado. Happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yep, another oh year uh, here, <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's good to, good to, uh, to celebrate a birthday. And, of course, uh, we'll be doing the same thing for you tomorrow. So uh, yeah. it's funny how we're back-to-back birthdays. But uh, today's also the feast day of St. Dennis and Companions. And we like to begin our our show as well as this week with a prayer. God, you sent St. Dennis and his companions to proclaim your glory to the nations and strengthen them with the virtue of constancy in their passion. Help us after their example, despite worldly prosperity and adversity. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Dennis and companions, Pray for us, and we'll learn more about him, uh, Saint of the Day, coming up, huh? That's right, later on in today's show, but starting at 10 after, we have some wonderful events in our listening area we will give you details about. And again, all of these events can be found at our website right now at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. So looking forward to this fun conversation with Alan. In 35 minutes, Dr. Tina Holland joins us. She is the president and CEO of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as FranU. She'll be giving us her monthly update. And in 48 minutes, Erin Franco joins us. She is a Catholic wife and mother. And looking forward to speaking to Erin because we are discussing 10 questions to ask yourself when discerning your family's schedule. So you know, the fall is very busy with various activities. Of course, we've been talking back to school. We're well into that. Uh, but how do we fit that in with what God is wanting our family to do? So looking forward to that great and fruitful conversation with Aaron today, Damian. Looking forward to our wonderful guests as well. Yeah, well, in fact, when we talk to Alan, we're going to be comparing Halloween versus All Saints Day. So that wow. should uh, get a lot of people's attention as well. We'll be doing that in just a moment. But right now, we're all waking up to some pretty chilly temperatures. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's around 50 degrees right now as you step outside, at least in the Baton Rouge area. Uh, warming up to 84 today, and we'll see plenty of sunshine, no rain in the forecast. Winds out of the south-southwest at about 10 miles an hour. So it's going to have a nice little breeze to keep things comfortable, to say the least. 
Tomorrow, it's going to be a tad bit warmer, a high 85, low somewhere around 66. Overcast, but still only a very slight chance of rain in the forecast. If you're wanting rain, Wednesday's the day. That's when we're going to have close to 90% chance of showers in and around our areas all throughout south Louisiana and along the Gulf Coast. The winds will be out of the northeast at 10 to 20 miles an hour. So it's not only going to be wet, it's going to be chilly, and it's going to be windy. Hmm. Well, that'll make us appreciate the weekend, to say the least, because uh, after we get to Friday, it's going to be beautiful again. Temperatures in and around the area, the cool spot, 48 degrees in Covington, 50 degrees in Baton Rouge, as I mentioned. New Orleans, it's 62 already, uh, 56 in Homa Thibodeau, and 52 in Gulfport. Those are your Very temps. Nice. That's your forecast. we got something to look forward to, including all our guests coming up on Wake Up. It's five after on this Monday morning. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 10. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him he passed by on the opposite side. But the Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In today's gospel, a scholar of the law tests Jesus in the sense of trying to lay a trap for him. What must I do to gain eternal life? In reply, Jesus say, do? Well, you don't do anything. You just accept me as your Lord and Savior, and then your salvation is guaranteed. Instead, Jesus answered with a question. What is written in the law? The scholar quoted Deuteronomy and Leviticus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. This scholar of the law began with the motive of trapping Jesus. But Jesus' reply softened his heart and diminished his pride. So he showed an openness to learn with the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus' reply came in the form of the well-loved parable of the Good Samaritan. 
At the end of the narrative, Jesus asked, Which of these, in your opinion, was the neighbor to the robber's victim? The shocked scholar couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan, but only the one who treated him with mercy. Loving our neighbor as ourself is a difficult standard, especially when everyone becomes our neighbor. During the Last Supper, Jesus raised the bar considerably. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, so you also love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Wow. Loving as Jesus loved is not difficult. It's impossible. That is, impossible apart from grace. But it is his command. Our world would be very different if we Christians lived it. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sanders. And how can we not have a wonderful day with Jimmy's reflection and Father Chris's gospel <laughs> reading and the fact that it's just going to be plum beautiful and it is yeah. sunny today. So get out there and enjoy it and uh, celebrate my birthday in a special way. However there you, you want to do it. I don't normally talk about me having <laughs> have a birthday. A, you but, have applause. But, but I do. Audience. Hey, it's good. I, I got one fan out there. Uh, <laughs> hi to Amelie and Rex, too. My grandchildren are watching me live and direct from Mobile on, uh, on YouTube TV. So, or whatever Love we it. call that streaming stuff. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Okay. We've, we've got events to talk about, so let's not uh, waste any more time with my noise. Uh, Eucharistic Miracles of the World taking place at Immaculate Conception Church in Denham Springs in the main hall. It begins tonight through Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. It's a walkthrough, self-guided tour of the Eucharistic miracles from countries around the world, providing evidence of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And, and it is just beautiful. Uh, if you want more information, go to ccmedia.live. We have more details there for you. Yes, you are also invited to the Charismatic Eucharistic Revival Conference. The theme this year is Revive Us Again on October 14th from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Divine Mercy Parish in Kenner. Keynote speakers include Johnette Williams from EWTN, Terry Quinn, an evangelist, Father William Mumphrey, Deacon Larry Oney and Andy Oney, and music by John Finch. The cost is $45 per person, and you can go to ccmedia.live to register or hopeandpurpose.org. Okay, and today women face new challenges amidst the busyness of life and their struggles uh, to uh, just hear God's voice in, in quiet time. The Cynical on the Lake invites you to Days of Prayer with Sister Julie I'm sorry, Judy uh, Gomilla. Uh, she is gonna. It's gonna be October 25th from 8:30 to 3 o'clock with mass ha uh, taking place at noon. There's a $30 registration fee. It includes coffee, muff muffins, and a box lunch. And you can register by going to ccmedia.live to get that website. 
Wonderful. Well, if you or someone you love is hurting from an abortion or miscarriage, please join the people over at Rachel's Vineyard Retreat November 3rd through the 5th. There is forgiveness, hope, and peace after an abortion, and all faiths are welcome. It's open to women and men. Financial assistance is available. Father Robert Cavalier will be the priest facilitator, and you can go to ccmedia.live to register and to find out more information. St. Jude Catholic Church is hosting Faith in Blue tonight from 6 until 8 p.m. It is an opportunity to where neighbors can meet neighbors, and on top of that, you'll have the opportunity to meet the police of the Baton Rouge area, the sheriff of Lafayette, uh, East Baton Rouge Parish, fire department, first responders. There's going to be hot dogs, chips, and candy for everyone. Uh, again, mm-hmm. 6 to 8 at St. Jude Catholic Church. That's on Gardeer and Highland Road in Baton Rouge. Well, are you widowed, separated, or devo- or divorced? You can also attend the Beginning Experience Weekend Retreat to listen, accompany, and heal on the Cynical on the Lake Retreat Center located in Metairie on October 13th and 15th. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Gabby. And thank you all for tuning in to Wake Up. We've got more coming your way, including an interview with Alan Migliorato here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 9th. Today we celebrate St. Dennis and Companions. We know little about today's saint other than he was born in Italy, he was the principal patron of France, and he was the first bishop of Paris. Beyond that, the facts are unclear. The best hypothesis is that around the year 250, Dennis and several other missionaries were sent by the Pope to evangelize Gaul, which includes modern-day France. They were so successful that they were ultimately arrested, imprisoned, and beheaded. This occurred during the persecution of the Roman Emperor Valerius, who in 258 ordered all bishops, priests, and deacons to be executed immediately. The bodies of Dennis and his fellow church leaders were thrown into the river, but later recovered. A chapel was eventually built over their graves that, centuries later, became known as the Abbey of St. Dennis. Many French kings are buried there. What are we to make of this mixture of fact and legend about St. Denis? We can only conclude that the deep impression this saint made on the people of his day must have resulted from a life of unusual holiness, so much so that the Church has never forgotten him. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Wake up almost 19 after the hour on this Monday morning. So glad you could join us. With us now, our regular, Alan Migliorato. He is the author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. And today we're talking about something that's coming up toward the end of the month. And the famous words of trick or treat ought to inspire (laughs) a lot of young ones out there because we're going to compare the participation of Halloween versus All Saints Day. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Doing good. I'm ready for Halloween. Me too. Yeah, that's, you know, it's it's not my favorite holiday. No? Just, I just don't, I never enjoy dressing up. I just, I really don't enjoy that. I, I mean, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. But, you know, it really, in my mind, it was never something that, 
was like uh, something that was super evil to stay away from. It's just that I never enjoyed the costumes. But I know a lot of people get kind of squeamish. This is one of those holidays. Of all the holidays that we celebrate, Halloween seems to be the one where, where Christians kind of get in an uproar when it gets closer and closer to it, you know, because we, we don't want our kids, you know, celebrating evil, and, and we have the right to not want them to do that. But a lot of times, you know, it's it's innocent fun, and they're they're out dressed in, like, you know, a, a Power Ranger or something something innocent. Well, if you know the history behind it, then you kind of have a better understanding because there's a lot of misconception and confusion around whether or not Catholics can participate or should participate in Halloween. And the truth is, Halloween is actually uh, belongs to the Catholic Church, if you look at the definition of, of what Halloween is. Oh, you're dead on with that. You know, there's a lot of of so-called pagan uh, traditions mm-hmm. that came out of cultural pagan traditions that we that we do today that we don't even think about like the days of the week we we have Thursday well that's really Thor's day so where are we are we going to stop calling it Thursday because it's named after a you know like a, a false god or or we're going to stop wearing wedding rings because that grew out of a pagan tradition as well where where the 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 artery in the in the left ring finger thought was thought to go straight to the heart and it was more of a, a, a more of like a superstitious belief to wear a ring around that that bonded you to your loved one but we're not going to stop wearing a wedding, wedding rings you know we're not going to stop doing a lot of things because that's not what the meaning is behind it for us right really right. and so i think that's important to teach our kids it's also too important to teach them like the real celebration happens on all saints day and all souls day right. you know the two days mm-hmm. following halloween and that's such an important um, part of, of, you know, a, a teachable moment for our kids. It's like, you know, it's, yeah, do you want to celebrate evil? Absolutely not. Are you going to have a seance and pull out a Ouija board? You better not. You know, like, absolutely <laughs> not. That's not okay. But are you going to go trick-or-treating with your friends and, and have innocent fun? Absolutely. Like, we, yes. and once we start, I think that once we start overreacting without really understanding what we're reacting to as parents, that's when we start pushing our kids away from the faith because that's a bar that's set that our kids are never going to be able to achieve, and neither are we. So we can't, we can't pretend to achieve that, that holy status ourselves without you know, pushing our kids to it because it pushes them away from the faith when we do things like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. If, if you want to go trick-or-treating, dressing up in a costume, explain to them why. And, and you, you know, you don't have to always uh, look at it from an evil perspective because Halloween means Holy Eve, which is the day before All Saints Day. And then, of course, we have All Souls Day following All Saints Day. So we have three days of holy days when when you look at it from the Catholic Church perspective. And we got to remember that it's uh, All Saints Day is a holy day of obligation. So like exactly. we, we've got to make sure that we mm-hmm. we get our kids. Look, you can have all the candy you want, mm-hmm. but you're going to make sure that you get up on time to get to church the next day because that's what we do. That's right. That's right. In fact, do you? I, I did a little research. The dressing up for Halloween comes from the French. And the carving of pumpkins comes from the Irish when they actually would carve turnips. I guess they couldn't grow pumpkins where they lived. And the English, they were the ones who went door to door begging for what they called soul cakes. Uh, They promised to pray for the loved ones who had passed on uh, for those who gave them a cake. So if you knocked on someone's door, example, I go to Gabby's house, she gives me a soul cake. I'm going to tell her I'm going to pray for the souls in honor of her giving me that cake. That sounds pretty cool. 
Listen, I got to tell you, anybody that gives me cake, I'm praying for them. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there now. Oh, my goodness. Cookies yes. or cake. You want me to pray for you? Bring me chocolate chip cookies. I will pray a rosary for you. I told kids that at, at a confirmation class one time, and the next class we did, it was the following week, I had like seven dozen cookies. Like I was like, this is awesome. And that's why I look how I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan, oh well, my gosh, stop that. Well, is that why your mom deprived you from going uh, trick-or-treating and why you don't dress up? No, my mom <laughs> loves Halloween. She So my mom would go as the funniest things for Halloween. She'd go as like a big box of cereal with a knife in it and say she was a serial killer. Oh, or boom, she'd go boom. As, like, oh a shrub, I love her humor. Right? Love oh, that humor, She would humor, go as a shrub though. and just stand at the corner and like scare people. I'm like... Mom, like, I don't even, she's like, come out with me. I'm like, Mom, I don't want to go stand at the corner with you. Like, I'm not, I would end up doing it, but like, I, like, I was never, I never liked it. I never liked it. I dressed up as like an alligator one year, I think I remember, but like, it's just not my, it's not my favorite time. I'd wait. I'm not sure I'd dress up as an alligator in Florida. Don't, don't they uh, have a bounty out for you guys? It was a cute alligator. I was like seven. I was seven. (laughs) I didn't have anybody chasing me in a boat. Now, I want to take a quick poll. Alan, I know my thought already, but don't you think women love Halloween more than men? I really do. Gabby, what you think? I love Halloween. I love going to Halloween parties. I love dressing up. I, I I look forward to every year. We still dress up as adults. We I love doing it. So well, it's it's always and, something and fun to do. Gabby, Going and picking out costumes, I love it. <laughs> Gabby, tell me Go what ahead. you think on this. Like where young adults come in, where you've got you know some of the the costumes that they make for young girls today are so immodest that if you don't make yeah. your own costume or if you don't alter these costumes, I mean, you can really be sending a dangerous message and you put yourself in a bad situation. Not because that's what they, they deserve, but that's because guys don't don't know how to act mm. you know and so like and, and people that are making these costumes like we really narrow down the field for women when we you know when you have like 30 french maids you know or with these short costumes and it's it's not right what we do to our to our young ladies you know that are out there we need to teach them modesty and how beautiful they're they are you know inside and out and not shove these costumes on them that are really immoral and, and indecent yeah, you make a great point. There certainly is a section at Spirit every time we go to find our costumes that, you know, is a, is a little bit out there. Um, I was a Blockbuster employee last year because that was my dream job at age four. So that's as modest as you can get. But I don't know. It's just something to dress up as. But I, I 100% agree with you. I always personally avoided that section. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think it's good, clean fun as far as uh, teaching your children how to have fun, and of course not taking out that stuff and casting spells or whatever. And because that stuff can be really dangerous yeah. when you open that door. Uh, but but going door to door as a kid and, and and begging for Reese's cups, you know, I think is 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 one of the best memories of my life. So and, and let's not lose sight it. because it is the day before All Saints Day, and the whole purpose of true. All Saints Day is time of year where we can uh, honor those who've passed away, the saints and those who we don't even know who are saints. And Alan, we we should uh, focus on that as well because uh, it is a holy day of obligation, as you said. Yeah, and having like an all all Saints Day party, you know, and where yeah. I, I know at the Catholic school where my kids went, they always dress up as as saints, you know, like they'd have a saint mm-hmm. parade. So like that that's one way to do it, you know, and, and or to give out things for Halloween, like little holy cards or prayer cards or little crosses. I think that's a cool way, you know, to kind of spread God's message at Halloween instead of you know like 
forgetting all about it and just concentrating on the costume. And really, like, commercial, uh, Christmas gets commercialized, and so does Thanksgiving, you know? And so, like, everything gets commercialized. That's why, as parents, Great. it's so important for us to concentrate on what's going on, where, where's the real importance here. Yes, and Absolutely. then don't forget about All Souls Day, the following day after All Saints Day, where we pray for the uh, souls in purgatory, that they, too, one day will enter heaven. And it, it's just a, a, a great three days of focusing on on our faith, I believe. And uh, we could have fun doing it, and especially if the saints win on, on Sunday, then we can really have an All Saints Day party, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you being a Tampa Bay fan, uh, you wouldn't appreciate that as much as we do. I don't here think in he's Louisiana. into football, though. Yeah, I, don't, I think. He's yeah, I'm <laughs> a really weird guy. Like, I don't, I don't really watch a whole lot of sports, and I don't, I don't like Halloween. Like, I just really such a weird person. Halloween. I don't know why you guys have me on here giving parenting tips because nobody <laughs> would relate to me. <laughs> Well, you know, now that you mention it, we might just start talking to your daughters instead of you and really get the, uh, the, the, the skinny, as they say. Oh, my gosh. That would be awful. I mean, that would be great. <laughs> okay, I don't know. So- I, I, there are so many wonderful traditions you can do as a family that are safe that, that talk about the origin of what you were discussing, Damien. You know, with the carving of the pumpkins and yeah. the going door to door to get that the candy and stuff and i always scheduled the dentist appointments after halloween um but yeah it's just it's 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 fun for the whole family or it can be um you know when you know what you're really what you're doing yeah you know? well just so you know it's okay to do trick-or-treating as long as you do it in the right way and uh, mm-hmm. remember as you're going door to door it wouldn't hurt to pray for those who give you candy that's a nice little gesture uh, something i learned there along the way as well in doing this research and halloween by the way is going to be a tuesday uh the last day of the month uh in october so make a note of that we'll probably all wind up trick-or-treating on monday alan migliorato thank you so much for being with us brother okay guys god bless you and uh, happy halloween hey yeah we'll be talking to you next week as well and meantime stick around wake up's just getting started your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Clotto, the birthday boy. If you missed that from earlier, happy birthday, Damien. I hope you have a wonderful day today. Oh, Do you have anything I, exciting planned real quick before we get to our next guest? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to keep those a secret. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'll ask tomorrow. You have plans, but uh, I'm not going to share them with any, too many people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful day. So, uh, wonderful time. And we're looking forward to some wonderful updates from Dr. Tina Holland. She now joins us. She is the president and CEO of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, also known as Fran U. Good morning, Dr. Holland. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here. Well, there are so many things happening over at FranU in Baton Rouge. Get us started. We're going to talk about the gala coming up. Give us details about that and what that means to FranU. Oh, well, the gala actually was something that um, we've, uh, we're, oh. so, we're basking in the, um, in the success of. That was on the night of the 5th, and that was the culmination oh, of... Oh, of everything, yes, and it was, but I have to tell you, it was quite the success. 
and uh, all of those who were happy to be there were definitely, um, uh, I think they were caught off guard with how uh, beautiful uh, St. Francis Hall could become as a as a venue for a celebration, um, not just this incredible state of the art um, educational facility. It was absolutely amazing. Um, what great timing, you know, to have our our hundredth year gala. So yes, that amazing. was that was last Thursday, and what a um, just this past Thursday, and what a wonderful celebration that was. Dr. Holland, Fran Yu has such a rich history educating so many medical health professionals and beyond. Um, I'm sure it's amazing for donors and those who attended the gala to see the progress that it's made um, with modern technology and and different uh, ways that you can educate people through theology classes as well. I mean, it's made leaps and bounds throughout the years. Kind of talk about that and, and the conversations that you've had at the gala from what people have seen oh. reflecting back. Well, thank you. First of all, I have to thank all those who attended and we had such the broad variety of folks, you know, from students and faculty and staff and um, some people who have been a- associated with the university for years and years, including our sisters and our board of trustees, um, our healthcare partners, but also some people who have, are new to um, learning very much about the university. And everyone was so generous. Um, we, uh, you know, we raised a record amount of money and because I think they saw by seeing students and, and alumni there, faculty and staff, exactly what um, we were doing to steward our resources, uh, not just the bricks and stone, but the, the human people on their hearts and, and souls that are being educated and formed. Um, you know, they really learned a lot about us. Uh, there wasn't much of a program uh, in terms of any formal presentations. It was, you know, we just, we had a, a, a warm welcome for them, but it was more about seeing the interaction of all of those mm-hmm. who, who care about um, the mission of Fran U that seemed to motivate people to to support us. And we're really, really grateful for that. Um, you know, to learn more about Fran U, I, I did want to mention that our open house is at the end of this month on, on Saturday, October okay. 28th. And so for members who well, you know, members of the community um, who are interested in uh, learning more about Fran U, particularly those who might have students who are interested in attending, um, we really encourage you to come uh, check in is at 9.30 on October 28th, uh, wear your walking shoes, um, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll welcome you to campus and show all that we have available in terms of programs, people, and, and, you know, spaces uh, here at Fran U. Amazing. The future of healthcare, just walking through that door for the open house. Uh, I hope it goes very well and highly recommend if you are interested to take a look at those details of the open house. Let's talk about the ethics lectures. Tell us a little bit about those. Yes. Those are, you know, those are held twice a year in the fall and in the spring. And uh, we recommend folks always looking on our website for when those are scheduled. Um, I will say that they're typically during um, Franciscan week, which is uh, early part of October. And then again in uh, what we call uh, Catholic higher ed week, which is usually in February 
um, of the second semester. But this past semester, we had a gentleman from uh, Loyola in Chicago who uh, brought together faith and science. And a real hot topic that he talked about was artificial intelligence. And he addressed the need for humanizing artificial intelligence. And uh, it was a fascinating, fascinating talk. That was the evening talk. And then during the day, um, this uh, same professor, Dr. Joe Vukov from Chicago, gave a talk on navigating the intersection between faith and science. Um, Another very hot topic, especially for those of us who are um, in higher education, in science, and also um, are fulfilling the mission of the church. Now, are those open to the public, or what? And is there a registration for yeah. those? Yeah. Well, there's online registration because we'd like to know how many people to expect, only so that we can select the right um, uh, room to host it, and so we know how much uh, food and and drink to bring for refreshments. But it's all right. open to anybody, uh, and we get large crowds, uh, expect, you know, both in the evening and during the day and people who represent all different um, constituency groups for the university. And I always meet new people who are excited about the topics that are are being presented. Yes, and such relevant topics that a lot of people have either thought about or have discussed. This is uh, AI is something that is the future. So I think it's important that you do talk about that, especially in healthcare. So quite interesting. Uh, We'll definitely take a look at that at franu.edu. Let's also discuss, Dr. Holland, the joy of St. Francis Week. Oh, yes. So (laughs) the um, Franciscan Week is always held during the week of um, the Saint Day of uh, St. Francis, October 3rd, uh, I mean, October 4th. The transitus is October 3rd when he prepares, when he receives the mm-hmm. stigmata and he prepares to um, um, to uh, be received in, into heaven. But um, it is a, uh, it's a wonderful uh, week of celebrations to honor the heritage of um, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, to uh, remember the fact that we are doing the mission of of fulfilling the mission of the church uh, in the tradition of our sister's um, community uh, founder, St. Francis of Assisi. And just as he was commissioned to rebuild God's church and to, to share the gospel, so we, as a Franciscan university, have it as our mission to rebuild his church through um, the education and formation of Franciscan servant leaders to fulfill the evangelical purpose of higher education, of Catholic higher education, um, and that is to, to form disciples for the church. Amazing. And, and thank you so much. You know, I have to say... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That also means that, you know, and that's in the form of uh, mostly of professional healthcare workers, and so not mm-hmm. to 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 um, get confused that as uh, you know professionals are also disciples. Right. 
Well, I just wanted to say, and I don't think we say this enough, Dr. Holland, you are helping form future leaders uh, in Catholic healthcare, theology, and uh, we need to say that more because uh, with you being the CEO and president of Fran U over in Baton Rouge, you do such wonderful work over there, and uh, thank you so much for all that you do. You can go to franu.edu for more information. Thank you so much, Dr. Holland, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Erin Franco joins us when we return from the break. She is a Catholic wife and mother, and we're going to be talking about 10 questions to ask yourself when discerning your family's schedule. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado. Erin Franco now joins us. She is a Catholic wife and mother, and you hear her on Catholic Mom Minute on Catholic Community Radio. Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, good morning. Good morning. We're talking about such a relevant topic today. I'm so glad that we're discussing this. 10 questions to ask yourself when discerning your family's schedule. <laughs> All right, I'm ready, Aaron. <laughs> this is so good uh, because I think it's something that we have to hear as families, whether we're homeschooling uh, or we put our kids in school, um, in public, private, charter, whatever, our schedules can get very busy. They sure can. Um, I'll tell you, I was recently in Poland um, on a pilgrimage and I met a wonderful Polish guy there and um, I was telling him how busy I am and how busy all of us Americans are and how stressed out so many of us moms are. And he said, um, in the, which is a Latin phrase, he said, Bene chorus said extravium. It's a quote from St. Augustine, and it means you run well, but you are off the path. Mm. And I have really been chewing on that ever since I got back to the state um, because it is, um, gosh, it's so wise. I think a lot of us in the modern day, maybe in the U.S., we are doing so much. We think we have to do all the things, and we are so tired, and so many of us are stressed out. But what are we really doing here? Like, what's the path? Um, And I think over the years, I have a big family. We have six kids, and I've really had to come to terms with, like, what am I doing here when I'm figuring out our schedule, like what we say yes to and what Mm -hmm. we say no to, what's important to us. Um, And so I have, I've developed kind of, I guess a protocol or a routine for myself of these questions I try to ask myself or remember to ask myself whenever I'm discerning, do we say yes to this or, or do we stay home? Yeah. Well, take us through those questions, Erin. I want to make sure that we touch on that. But you are 100% true that, uh, honestly, what he told you um, is kind of a gut punch (laughs) at moments because it is true. You know, we like to fill our schedules. I think we're addicted to being busy as Americans. We are. And, and, you know, I think especially for families, um, and not not just for families, but especially for people with kids, we think that we need to give our kids so much that's outside of our home. And really, some of the most important gifts we can ever give our kids is a happy marriage, a happy mom, a mom who's mm-hmm. not stressed out, a mom who 
is present and a mom who knows how to waste time at home and not worry that our kids are not getting socialized or not getting something on that um, on that resume for college or whatever. Our kids mm-hmm. need to know how to live in family life and what it looks like to to be balanced. So um, anyway, but yeah, some of the some of the questions um, <laughs> are really basic things that are kind of a gut punch. Like, am I considering doing this or signing up for this only to make somebody else happy? Because we would feel guilty if we didn't do it. Um, also, are we? Com- am I comparing myself or my family to somebody else? So thinking, well, they can do it, so I should be able to handle this. Or they can do it, and I want my kids to have what they have, so we should probably sign up for this. Um, yeah. Is this, yes, saying no to something else that's life-giving for us? Hmm. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, it- Aaron, this is taking me back to whenever I enrolled my son in kindergarten. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. aware that he was one of the only ones that wasn't in three different activities at the age of five. And I remember calling right. my mom, kind of being emotional. Am I a bad mom for not putting him in theater, soccer, and karate class at age five? Am I holding him back? All these moms are doing it. What am I doing wrong? And I remember someone saying, you know, slow down and enjoy these moments because he's only five once and you're going to stress yourself out. But it's that thing. It's that mom guilt. Are we doing the best that we can and should we be doing this? So you're absolutely right. Right. Yeah. So that's another question. Am I doing this because I would feel too guilty about not doing it? Now, unless you're in a state of mortal sin, people, um, guilt is not from the Lord. If unless you're actually sinning or there's something that you need to stop doing because it is not good for your soul, guilt is never mm-hmm. from the Lord. And that's something, it's very Ignatian, um, that discernment of our thoughts there. But we've got to get a hold of our thoughts and get a hold of those negative thoughts that come in. Like, what are we living out of here um, on a day-to-day basis? What are we making decisions of? you know, from in our thoughts? What are we letting take over a whole afternoon of, of mom guilt and wondering like, oh, I should, I should sign up for this, or I should be doing more of this. Um, That's something that we really have to, it is a skill that we've got to work on as as a body and a soul, how the Lord made us. We got to work on that for sure. Um, No, definitely. Go ahead. Let's let's Uh, continue on because we only have a couple of minutes left. Oh, sure. Girl, I could talk about this all day, let me <laughs> tell you. Um, and I come here so humbled because I'm always, always working on this. I think an important one to get in, um, if you are married, if you are married, what does your spouse think? What is his or her opinion about whether you're going to sign up for this or not? And this has been a particularly hard one over the years. It was a hard lesson for me to learn because a lot of times moms are like, we're the CEO or and of the family, right? We do make a lot of decisions about things. Um, but when we consult our spouse, I think sometimes it will be surprised, we'll be humbled, um, and that it brings you closer together as a couple in guiding and leading your family. And it also takes some anxiety out when they're like, where they're like, absolutely not, like you're too busy. You're stressed out already, and I love you, and I, I don't think you need to take this on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to get mad at it. I've been there. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, yes, this, this feels good to just say, I'm going to respect that and say no and kind of not hide behind that, but um, be protected under that. And that's beautiful. That's what marriage is for there. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. also another important one, 
um, how would this additional thing impact my most important responsibilities, my job? If, if you're homeschooling, you're homeschool. Like, how many hours of time is this going to take away from getting your things done, which is a big stressor on, on you? Are you going to have enough time for leisure, for recreation, for, like, reading a book sometimes? Um, we shouldn't be going for 18 hours a day straight and have no leisure built in. That holy leisure is really important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the rules that I have found that's been the most helpful is one activity per season uh, because that's a lot of back and forth and this and that and, and having everyone kind of mm-hmm. get together. If one person's, you know, held back at work, then the other person has to bring, you know, your child to practice or the game or anything like that. So I think these are great, Aaron. Unfortunately, we are out of time. We need to continue this conversation. I think the other important thing that you mentioned is having that conversation with your spouse and being on the same page. So thank you so much for being with us. Aaron Franco, Catholic mom and a wife. Where can we go to read more about this and take a look at what you do? Sure. Um, you can just go to my website. It's AaronFranco.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being with us today. You're welcome. God bless. All right. You too. Some great tips. I think that we could all uh, remember on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, Damien. Yeah. I, you're gonna be you. able I know to, all your kids uh, are grown. <laughs> yeah. They'll be able to get those 10 uh, things to discern uh, yeah. Fr- yeah. from the website. Yeah. Erin has her blog post up that mentions uh, these 10 items as okay, well. Okay, great. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you were talking to uh, Dr. Holland about St. Francis uh, and all the activities going on at Fran U. Uh, the first patron saint for St. Francis was St. Dennis, who we'll close mm-hmm. our show with today. My Lord and my God, I offer up to you my petition in union with the bitter passions and death of Jesus Christ, your Son together with the merits of His Immaculate and Blessed Mother, Mary Ever-Virgin, and all the saints, particularly with those of the Holy Helper, St. Dennis and his companions. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.